What's up, everyone? Welcome to day 22 of the March Marathon. It's really weird. There's no basketball going on. Well, there will be tomorrow, so that's a plus. But as of today, really, there hasn't been much going on. Well, in terms of new stuff, in terms of transfer portal news, well, I mean, there has been some stuff. For example, Butler has Miles Tate in the portal. If I'm not mistaken, Miles Tate's in the portal. And by the way, now Georgetown, so Ed Cooley had his introductory press conference today and Before I go on and talk about what he said in this press conference, he got a big transfer yesterday as he got Eddie Lampkin Jr. from TCU, their most prominent big. And a lot of that's sleazy because apparently... They met over Zoom right around the time Providence was going to take on Kentucky in the first round. So this was actively happening. And Eddie Lampkin, well, he wasn't going to be with TCU in the tournament um, playing that same day. They were scheduled to take on Arizona State in first round action a little later on in the night while... You had Providence at like 7 o'clock against Kentucky. So this was going on like the day before the day of those games. And Ed Cooley wasn't trying to bring him to Providence. He was trying to bring him to Georgetown. A lot of it seems super sleazy. And it got even more sleazy today. And you want to talk about a full-blown WWE or... Any full-blown wrestling heel turn? Ed Cooley took that step today. Saying in his press conference, and I quote, It's divine, it is divine providence that I'm here. I needed a change. I wouldn't change it unless it provided an unbelievable opportunity. Divine Providence. Providence, who he just left. The hometown boy left his program high and dry. And now at Georgetown. And he says that in his press conference. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's pretty tone deaf on Ed, Ed Cooley's part. And again, there's been a lot going on just in the Big East Twitter landscape. Specifically with the whole, you know, regarding the whole Ed Cooley situation. Now you have Twitter beef between Jeff Goodman and Dave Portnoy. Which a lot of people would characterize as Hitler versus Stalin. (laughs) I know who's Hitler in this case, Portnoy. It's like you... 
because I, I've had Jeff Goodman on the show, he was gracious enough to come on my show in season one. I have a bit of a soft spot for him. Are some of his takes wrong? Yeah, absolutely. Who, whose isn't? But I just can't. I'm trying to find the right words. I just can't let Portnoy. I listen. I understand that Portnoy, rightfully so, and joining Providence fans, he's pissed about what happened with Cooley turning his back on his hometown and his and the school of which he's coached the last twelve years, and brought him back up from relative obscurity. And the words that he said, you know, us, we, together, family, friars, being empty. But Jesus Christ, if this were someone who actually knew ball, I would take it a little more seriously. But he doesn't. Period. I would love to see you barstool junkies come at me in my mentions. I would love, I would love to talk this out with you. Because Jeff Goodman, at least he's been around the game for several decades. He knows Ed Cooley. Listen, even Jeff Goodman said in a space, and I heard this, he believes that Cooley handled it wrong 100%. So it's not like he's taking the side of Ed Cooley, per se. He's holding him accountable for handling it Absolutely atrociously. However, he's keeping it real, saying it's not like, you know, trying to find the right words here now, too. It's not like he's indebted to the school and indebted to the fans, like. Like, he owes the fans. Which, in a way, he does because he is Providence born and raised. But, it's not like any, not like he's not, it's not like he's not allowed to coach anywhere else. It's just really unfortunate that he decided to coach a conference rival. That's what made it wrong. And also the fact that, you know, he wasn't, uh, he didn't talk about this up front. And he kind of kept it to himself and was a little deceiving. Regarding his intentions to stay in province when he really had one foot out the door. But here's where I draw the line, okay? John Fanta. Covers the conference as well as anyone. Went to D.C. to cover the press conference. And Providence fans unnecessarily have been giving him shit. Also, side note, even though I'm not a barstool guy, I loved his appearance on Pardon My Take. Especially saying... The Big East was built on meatballs, prayer, and basketball. So, 
for Providence fans to give him shit when he's just trying to do his job and cover this from the perspective of the whole conference. And not to mention, the quotes he was tweeting, he was just saying what Ed Cooley was saying. Not what he himself was saying. <sighs> like, Fanta doesn't deserve that. Providence fans, listen, I know you feel hurt. You're 100% allowed to be hurt, and you're justified to feel hurt. But to take that out on John Fanta, everybody just take a chill pill. Okay? He's not taking his eyes. He is just trying to do his damn job. And it would be really great if y'all could understand that and just let him do his thing. And I know that, like, you've developed an attachment to Ed Cooley because of the local connection and what he's done for your school the last 12 years. And I know you've developed an affinity for Fanta with his streak of broadcasting games in Friartown and your team not losing. And he became a beloved figure to y'all because of that. And he's just trying to do his job and this is how you pay him back? Really? And I'm not saying this is all of you Providence fans. There's a select few of you who are still relentlessly giving him shit for no reason. For no good reason, I should say. Like, Jesus Christ, can you let the man do his job? He is covering this as objectively as you could possibly do, really. And to say that he's not doing that and that he's taking sides and taking the side of Ed Cooley and Georgetown here, like, that's not true. Like, get yourself back in reality before you make an assumption like that, okay? That's all I'm going to say on that because, and not to mention he said, I will sit down with Ed Cooley today for a conversation for CBB on Fox, at CBB on Fox. I'll ask him why Georgetown, why he decided to leave Providence and what went into the decision to do so. Stay tuned for that later on. See, he's being unbiased. He's going to ask the hard-hitting questions. So, I don't know what more you can want from the guy, okay? Like just 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 relax. Pump the brakes. Like Jesus Christ. But on the other side, Providence now has their new head coach, Kim English, who they get from George Mason. And even though his numbers at George Mason aren't that glistening in terms of his win-loss record and what he's accomplished in Fairfax, think about this. He's 34 years old has taken a George Mason program that has been really struggling in the A-10 and has made them competent. And to be able to relate to this generation of college players, that's a huge selling point. And, you know, Jeff Goodman actually made a really good point. Look at, for example, look what John Shire has done. He's a like two years older or so than Kim English. English was a really good player with Missouri 
back in his time in the, you know, 2008 to 2012. In Missouri's last year in the Big 12, they won the Big 12 tournament. English was on that team along with guys like Phil Pressey. But his ability to be able to relate more to players than older coaches would. That's a big selling point. And Kim English, if you you know saw an interview he did with Field of 68, I believe it was with Rob Douster. He is very much a culture guy, in, especially with the way that he speaks. Essentially, he's a younger version of Ed Cooley. So, I know that it's not the sexiest of hires to fill Ed Cooley's shoes. But given what's on the market, I think Providence did the right thing and got the guy that they really wanted. Again, I know it's not a sexy hire coming over from George Mason without really accomplishing anything there. But with more resources at Providence and with some of the talent that he still has there, if he can find a way to keep... I'm trying to think of like the three most important players he's got to keep. Well, if he could keep one of two between Devin Carter and Bryce Hopkins, that'll be immense. I can't overstate how huge that would be. If Kim English could get one of those two to stay. If he can get both to stay, that's an added bonus. And specifically with Hopkins, Hopkins is of the utmost priority to retain. Devin Carter, I'm not saying he's like nowhere near as important. He's very much important, just a little slightly less important. What you need Devin Carter for is the defense. What you need Bryce Hopkins for is being being your everything guy and being the kind of number one option that he was for your team all year. But again, this is all happening in March. And for we the next part like regular season doesn't start for another seven and a half months. So we got a lot of time to digest all of this, at least on the coaching carousel front. And same with the transfer portal and everything, which is weird that it, the process has gotten started now before the season's even over. It's just stupid, but whatever. That's going to do it for this brief episode of the Igloo. Thanks for tuning in. Actually, no, I, I can't do that to you guys. I can't. To cut you guys that short, a 15-minute episode... I don't know. It seems kind of boring. So, here's what I'll leave you with. Currently, I mean, I just want to go over some things in terms of the schedule that you'll see. UCon- uh, so, for the men's tournament, UConn, in action, 7-15 on Thursday... So 7:15 CBS Huskies four point favorites. Friday, you got Creighton and Xavier tipping off within like 45 minutes of each other. 
Creighton against Princeton, 9 o'clock on TBS in Louisville. Uh, again, UConn, Arkansas is in Vegas. Creighton versus Princeton, 9 o'clock on TBS from Louisville. Blue Jays are 9.5-point favorites over the Cinderella Tigers. And then 9.45 on CBS from Kansas City. Xavier, Texas. Longhorns are 4-point favorites. And for context, I picked Texas to win, win the title this year. I'm staking to my guns, okay? As much as I love Xavier, I love what Xavier's doing. And building with Sean Miller in his first year at the helm. I can't overstate it enough. I love what he's doing. I love it. But they're taking on a Texas team that is red hot and they're incredibly well-rounded. And this is going to be Xavier's toughest test by far. I know they beat Kennesaw State and Pitt. But, again, I picked Texas to win the national championship before the tournament started for a reason. Their depth, how well-rounded they are, and their experience. Not to say that Xavier has none of that either. NIT champs last year. And you think about the momentum that a team can carry from winning the NIT. For example, like last year's NIT, two, two, the year before, Memphis won the NIT. They made it to the tournament where a nine seed, and then they won, They got to the second round before losing the number one overall seed, Gonzaga. 2019 NIT champ, I believe it was T- TCU, that was one of those instances where... Actually, no, Texas. Oh, yeah, Texas won it. That's right. And Texas got to the... They were going to be in the tournament. I mean, Penn State couldn't carry the torch in 18. TCU carried the momentum in 17 and won the and got to the tournament. GW in 16, not so much. But again, winning the NIT has proved to be a massive boost. I mean, obviously it helps when you get a real coach like Sean Miller. And you bring in a player like Sule Boom to be a difference maker and impact transfer. And now to get the most out of guys like Jack Nungy and Colby Jones. Long term, Xavier's in a really good position. Even with Nunji, Boom, and Kunkel graduating. But again, I picked Texas to win the title and, you know, I got to stick to my guns. So I apologize to Xavier. So, now that'll do it. I'll have more complete previews as well as my entire Sweet 16 picks and then on top of that, by the way, Villanova plays 2.30 in Greenville Friday as four-point favorites over Miami. And then UConn plays Saturday in Seattle, 4 o'clock on ABC. They are 10-point favorites over Ohio State. So I'll have my keys and Sweet 16 picks for Arkansas-UConn, and then I'm going to make my quick picks for the other three Sweet 16 games happening tomorrow night as the March Marathon rolls on day 23. Give it up for day 23. As Mr. Krabs said in that one episode. 
of SpongeBob. Thanks for tuning in. That's going to do it for this episode. I'll catch you all tomorrow for another edition of the Igloo.